On today's Locked On Texan podcast, the tight end talk as we continue our training camp preview. What can Dalton Schultz do to improve this offense as he enters this season as tight end number one for Houston? You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to a Thursday episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you to everyone who is listening for the first time. If you are new to the Locked On Texan Podcast, be sure to subscribe, like, and comment to the Locked On Texan Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast, including YouTube as well. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texan. If you are one of our everydayers, of course, we want to thank you guys for listening to the show Monday through Friday, your team every day. I'm John, some sports guy Hickman, one of your Texans football analysts. But of course, joining the show as always, Cody Davis, your beat reporter for the Houston Texans credential beat reporter, also a writer for the famous Sports Illustrated, covering your Houston Texan. Laramie Tunsil has some good things to say about C.J. Stroud. Loving when he's bringing to the table. No, he's just also, loving C.J. He is loving him. He, he's loving him. You're going to love somebody when you finally get an opportunity to play with a very good quarterback your first time in a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brevin Jordan and Tegan Quintoriano camp battle is something that we will look into. But Cody Dalton Schultz, what can he do and what can he add? to his game, to be a top two target for the Houston Texans. Now, I do want to kind of remind you guys, Houston does have Nico Collins, Robert Woods, John Mechie, Noah Brown, Tank Dale, Xavier Hutchison. Am I missing? Amari Rogers still Mm -hmm. on the roster. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jenny Camp is still on the roster. Jerry Wayne will be fighting for a spot as well. Mm Houston has a wide receiver group full of guys that has question marks next to him. A lot of uncertainty there. So when you look at Dalton Schultz, who's been a top 10 tight end in the past two seasons, he could come into this team and have a season where at the end you're looking at him and you're wondering, wow, was he one of the top five tight ends in the NFL, which he was two seasons ago for this team? because of the lack of experience across the wide receiver room. And what did he do uh, going into the year, starting in training camp, to expand on his game to be a top-two targeted player for this team? Uh, In 2020, since 2020, he's ranked fourth among tight ends and targets. The opportunities will be there. I don't doubt that. Guys, what I want to see from Dalton Schultz, listen – Will he be the same player we've seen from him in the past, or will he be able to transcend his game a little bit? And by that, I mean Dalton Schultz isn't much of a big playmaker down the field. He averaged just 1.4 yards per route, ran last season, which was 14th among tight ends and nearly 1.5 in 2021, right? And so I'm asking you guys, and I'm putting it out there, 
Will he be the Dalton Schultz of the past three seasons in Dallas? If so, Houston has a great tight end if he's that guy. No doubt about it. But for Dalton Schultz, for him to be a top two targeted player, I do believe that he's going to have to open up his game a little bit. Last season, he had some issues with drops on targets between 10 to 20 yards down the field. Did not have any of those issues the years prior. Uh, for me, it's just simply coming down to Will Schultz at being a playmaker to his game, to this offense, and will that become a part of his identity, which will help this offense, I believe, open up the playbook a little bit. Play action will be phenomenal if he's able to be a playmaker down the field. And I think what's helpful for him is he's been a part of a balanced team before in his time in Dallas, right? He's been a part of that in the past where the team has been able to run the ball effectively and been able to make the plays in the passing game. There is no C.D. Lamb here. I don't know if we have a Michael Gallup here when he was healthy, depending on what version of Robert Woods you're going to get. But there is no number one receiver on this franchise, in on this roster right now, excuse me, for this franchise, that will open up that part of the playbook for him. So I want to see if he's going to be able to be a Mark Andrews type of uh, tight end, uh, Kittle type of tight end, Kelsey type of tight end where you can trust him to be your number one target in majority of your games. You can trust him to be able to make plays down the field. I'm not worried about, I'm not worried about him being able to block the defender in a ring game. Dalton Sauce is a pretty good run blocker. I'm not worried about him in terms of can you trust you? Can you trust Dalton Sauce, excuse me, to go out there and help you get a third, uh, convert on third down, get you a first down if it's third and four, third and six? I'm not worried about that because I think that's something Dalton Sauce has been able to do pretty well. Can he be able to expand his game and allow this offense to open up just a little bit because he's able to make plays consistently? 10 to 15 yards down the field. I honestly don't think Dalton needs to expand his play in order to have a big impact for the Texans. Um, I look at it from the standpoint of if he is the same guy that he was in Dallas, I at least will be 100% fine with that because I see a lot of people debating whether or not Dalton is a top 10 tight end in the league. To me, he's probably top 10, number eight, number nine. But everything that he was able to do in Dallas I would be 100% fine if he does that here in the city of Houston. John, you brought up an interesting, you know, topic of conversation, whether or not he could be this team's number one or number two target. If Dalton Schultz is a number one or number two target for the Houston Texans, that means something went extremely wrong with that wide receiving core. Because if you think about it, we are expecting Nico Collins to take this step as this team's number one wide receiver. And number two is up for grabs, whether it be um, Noah Brown, whether it be Tank Dell in his rookie season, Xavier Hutchison. I see a lot of people talking about Hutchison in the comments section. Um, you, you still have Robert Woods. Like, I do not want to see Dalton Schultz be this team's number one and number two options in the passing game. Uh, now, he, he's, he's, coming, he's coming from a successful offense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Successful quarterback in terms of – when Dak is healthy and when that offense is rolling. And I think we're looking at, again, we have to look at the skill set of the wide receivers. Mm -hmm. it, it isn't top tier. I would say it's probably third tier in the NFL. You can you can look at it and make a case for maybe a fourth tier because we don't know what a lot of these guys are going to bring to the table. Mm -hmm. 
And I think Dalton Schultz could be able to step in depending on the flow of the offense, how good the running game is going. And with the play action aspect of what, what we think we'll see, yeah, I think he'd be able to kind of make some plays. He should be able to deep middle uh, 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 for that offense during during some of these passing down situations and make plays. He's not a playmaker. He is very Jason Witten. Like, and I'm going to catch the ball, and I may pick up an extra three or four yards, but I'm not getting you yak. That's where I want to see him kind of separate himself, be able to get some of those yak yards and make those plays. If he does that on the course of a 17-game season, that could possibly be an additional 150 yards for him. And that bodes well for this offense, and the impact he could have would be phenomenal, I believe. Yeah, I get all that. And that's why I was going to like, if you look at the development of the wide receiving core, let's say if everything goes well with Nico and Tankdale and all the rest of those guys, they can turn into playmakers. This is Dalton's what, sixth season in the league, if I'm not mistaken. And he is what he's going to be at this stage in his career. And that's why I say if he carries that same momentum, that same talent, being a reliable tight end, arguably top 10. If you want to put him in the top 10, great. If you don't want to put him in the top 10, I'm pretty sure he's no lower than 11th or 12th. But he is just a reliable tight end that he can go out there and help the Texans move the ball down the field at what he's good at. That's why I said if we got into the point in the season where he's your number one or number two target, that means something is extremely wrong with this wide receiving court. Now, what I would say is having Dalton Schultz would definitely help the Houston Texans red zone struggles. This is a team that has only um, converted, I believe, 33 to 35% of their red zone over the last two seasons with a guy like Dalton Schultz, a guy who has recorded 13 touchdowns over the last two seasons alone. He is definitely going to be someone that either CJ Stroud or Davis Mills can rely upon when, once you get down in that red zone. Our partners at eBay motors have teamed up with locked on fantasy football hosts Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks of each week all season long. Whether you're preparing for a draft or scouting the waiver wire every week, we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So with draft prep underway for the upcoming season, let's see who Vinny has picked out for us this week for the eBay Motors Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. Looking to make a smooth turn in fantasy football snake drafts with the last pick of the first round and the first pick of the second round, you will be guaranteed to have a winning one-two punch of workhorse power in your backfield when taking Colts running back Jonathan Taylor and Browns running back Nick Chubb back to back while Taylor is a perfect rebound candidate and more in a more run-friendly overall offense in Indy, Chubb is also set to dominate with more of a combined workload in Cleveland. Man, I think y'all may need to hop on that. Vinny Iyer from Fantasy Football, Locked On Fantasy Football, is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. With eBay Guaranteed Fit and over 122 million parts and accessories for your vehicle right at your fingertips, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Air filters, brakes, batteries, 
tail lights, alternators, shocks, struts, you name it, eBay Motors has it. And they'll make sure it's the right fit for your car because eBay Guaranteed Fit helps you understand exactly what part you need for your vehicle the very first time. So go forth, switch gears, crank the AC, and say a goodbye to sweating if your ride needs a little fixing up because you know you'll always be set up for success from the get-go. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, everything your vehicle is calling for is just a click away. For the parts and accessories that fit your vehicle, just look for the green check. Go get the right parts, the right fit, and the right price at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this Thursday installment of Locked On Texans. You guys on YouTube wondering why I'm smiling. Listeners, you're probably wondering why I'm talking like this because this time next Thursday, John and myself will be giving our first day one observation from Houston Texans training camp. We are officially less than one week away. I cannot wait. And when you talk about training camp, John, as you know, we talk a lot about camp battles. And there is one battle on the offensive side of the ball that I'm going to be paying attention to the most over the next couple of weeks. And that's the tight end battle between Tegan Quatoriano and Brevin Jordan. TQ, second-year prospect, spent majority of his rookie campaign on the sideline learning from afar. But ever since he made his debut and the loss against the Philadelphia Eagles, I believe that was week nine of the 2022 season, TQ came out in his very first game and made an impact. The same cannot be said for Bourbon Jordan, who spent the majority of last season with several healthy scratches, and he did look good doing OTAs. He did look good doing mandatory minicamp, and as and for those of you guys who may not remember a couple of weeks ago, had an opportunity to speak to Bourbon Jordan one-on-one, and he talked about how excited he was for this upcoming season. He's he, he, He's been working on his body, working on his skill set. He's very excited for new offensive coordinator Bobby Sloy, and he truly believes that he can take a step forward entering his third season john brevin jordan i don't know what it is about this third year class but brevin jordan is one of these guys to where when a 53 man roster comes out i would not be surprised if he's one of those guys that we are talking about did not make the roster and majority of that is really going to come down to what can tq do doing training camp because in the first segment, we talked about Dalton Schultz. He's definitely going to be tight end number one. But tight end number two is definitely up for grabs. Absolutely. And, and, and listen, we're talking about TQ. We're talking about Brevin Jordan. Mason Shrek will also get an opportunity to compete for their tight end two uh, opportunity for this roster. I really do like TQ, man. I do. I think mm-hmm. for Brevin Jordan, he had two years uh, to come in. And at the very least, I know this is your third OC, I know this is the third head coach. I know this is a third different situation for you while you're still trying to get stable in one organization, and it hasn't been, you know, the best of times. But the healthy scratches, the lack of concentration at times last year, like yeah, Reverend yeah. Jordan, 
it was moments where he got on the field, he got the opportunity, dropped pass, mm-hmm. didn't run the right route, right? Didn't look as engaged consistently as a run blocker. Then you have the healthy scratchers. So I look at him and I look at his his attention to, to detail in the game, which when we look at what we want to see during training camp, I want to I want to see because that, that is the competition tight end too. And I wouldn't be shocked, honestly, guys, if because this team I think is built to compete. I would not be shocked if they look at once all of the final roster cuts are made throughout the entire NFL. Remember, they go down from 90 to 53. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if they went out and they brought in a veteran tight end to compete once the season starts for that tight end two position yeah. and I'll add backup, uh, add depth to this position as well. Because based off what we've seen from Brevin Jordan, again, like you said, Cody, I wouldn't be shocked if he doesn't make this team. He hasn't showed anything in his first two seasons to warrant a third year. So training camp is important. Him actually going out there and making plays. We talk about Dalton Schultz. I did making plays down the field for Brevin Jordan, who ran at 40, was like it was a 4-5, uh, mm-hmm. coming out of college, 6-6 type of guy. He's going to be able to go out there. He's got to be able to go out there and make plays. The expectations of him being a blocker isn't necessarily high, and I'll circle back to that. But you were scouted as a receiving tight end, and so far in the NFL, not with the best quarterback play, not with the best offensive coordinator play. The offensive scheme hasn't been favorable. I get it. So if we're not going to count everything against you from the past, I'm going to count everything against you starting next week. What will you do as a player in a four or five-week span to go out there and compete and grab that tight end two position? Grab a roster spot. Let's not even look at depth position. Grab a roster spot. And he got to go down. He got to go down a swing in a fight. And he got to make plays down the field. But then to circle back, he's got to be able to be engaged as a blocker. We've heard it from D'Amico Ryan's. We've heard it from Bobby Sloick. We've heard how they're still going to emphasize the run game. I don't expect for Houston to go out there pass happy in the first five weeks of the season, at the very least. And so. If they don't trust you to be able to engage as a blocker, your defender, and you're not going out there and doing the things that you were scouted to do coming out of high school, going to Miami, coming out of Miami, then I don't think the opportunity for him to be on his roster will be there. And when I look at TQ, just build off the small things you did last year. Mm -hmm. Neither one of those guys – got an opportunity to really showcase themselves a lot. I think one was due to him being a rookie and injury coming back from that. The other was due to him just losing out on snaps and reps. So they're going to come meet right now during training camp, right? What can I do to beat you out? I think it's going to be a friendly competition. Of course, there's no beef. It's going to be a good competition. I'm actually going to roll with TQ on this one because I like what he can bring to the game as a blocker, and I like what he can bring to this team as a red zone threat as well. 
I remember doing mandatory camp. We had an opportunity to talk to the position coaches. Um, I spoke with the tight end coach, Jake Moreland, and I remember him telling me that with this tight end core, it's everything that's going to be required for one tight end is going to be expected and required for the whole entire position group. And I remember he said that after I asked him about whether or not he's going to be able to utilize, how he's going to utilize Brevin George, because John, as you just put it, more so of a receiving tight end, not more so of a blocking tight end. And that's where my concern for Brevin Jordan entering training camp come because you already know what Dalton Schultz is going to be able to provide. And even in the small sample size that we did get an opportunity to see TQ, he showcased that he can thrive as both the receiver and a blocker. With Brevin Jordan, blocking has always been his worst attribute on the field. Remember, going all the way back to when we was studying him coming out of Miami, that was his biggest knock, knock. And here we are three years after he'd been drafted, and we're still talking about the non-improvements he made. And I just wonder whether or not that's going to be the deciding factor in who's going to be not just tight end number two, but who's going to make this 53-man roster when it comes down to TQ and Brevin Jordan. Plus, you also got to take into consideration that Jordan, I understand that this is, you know, his third coaching staff and this whole entire junior class has really been struggling with finding consistency. I do wonder if he can find a way to find consistency with this coaching staff. Maybe that's when we're going to start seeing development because John, I don't know about you. I truly believe in Brevin Jordan. No, I'm not saying that because he's one of my guys on the team. I truly believe that he can. No, I'm not showing favoritism. I truly believe that he has the intangibles to help this team. But it's just the fact that just like we said about Roy Lopez on yesterday, it's the fact that he has gotten the short end of the stick due to coming to the Houston Texans during this awkward time where the coaching was bad, the, the vibe around the team was bad, and just everything overall was just bad. And look, I've seen improvements out of Brevin Jordan throughout OTAs and mandatory minicamp, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to see those same improvements at the start of training camp. However, around the third week, I think it is, that's when they start putting those pads on, and that's when you truly start seeing yeah. – Who's going to separate themselves from their competitors? I think it's also about maturity with Brevin Jordan. Brevin Jordan's a likable guy, honestly. Mm -hmm. uh, he, he was one of the guys that during uh, camp and, and, and you know practices last year, you kind of wanted to be around whenever he was he was at the podium. Mm -hmm. Got good sound bites, got good quotes from. But I think there was a, and I, I don't want to sound unfair to the young man. I think there was a bit of immaturity there in his game and I think what we can point to is those healthy scratches because mm -hmm. in terms of talent who was out there on the field last year for tight end of course Jordan Aiken uh, you had Jordan Aikens who literally came out of nowhere because out remember nowhere. he was brought in to be on the practice squad you had OJ Howard who everybody thought he was going to be tight end number one um, I'm missing somebody too. You had somebody else, and then was you had was Pharaoh. Was it all pro Pharaoh? Pharaoh, yeah, all pro Pharaoh. <laughs> yeah, right. Pharaoh um, was still part of the team. But in terms team. of talent, from what I was able to see from college, and mm -hmm. I would take Brevin Jordan over Pharaoh. Mm -hmm. uh, I would take Brevin Jordan over 
over Aikens in terms of what I saw talent wise. It's just he didn't get a chance to get out, out there on the field to prove it. And I wonder if it's maturity or, or the lack thereof last season. So going into this year, how are you focusing? How are you preparing? How are you attacking the game? How are you getting out there and not only recognizing that you have the talent, which he does, but being able to put it all together and make those plays, the physical tools that you need, the mental aspect of the game, all of that, putting it together. I'm not giving a battle away to TQ. I'm not giving a battle away to Brevin Jordan uh, because I mentioned that I, I could see Houston if they really want to compete, bringing in a vet tight end once cuts are made. But I think that Brevin Jordan has a shot because he has the talent. Will he do all of the small things like every other tight end is doing? Like you said, uh, Coach Jake Moreland mentioned, those things matters to make this roster. This ain't David Cully's team. This ain't Levy Smith's team. This is a team with some type of expectations to compete. Welcome back, Locked On Texan listeners and viewers. Before we close out today's show, Laramie Tunsil has been kind of going on a media tour. <laughs> uh, you know, this the last couple of months has talked well about head coach D'Amico Ryans and He's so other happy. aspects. He's just so team. happy. I would be too. I haven't had a real coach. <laughs> I haven't had a, a, a consistent good quarterback that I believed mm. in, in in a couple of years. And with the quarterback position, he's talked very highly of C.J. Stroud. Said that you should see how he came into the building. He came in the building already a leader. He voices himself in the huddles. He's one of those guys that's like, yo, I'm going to lead. and Y'all just follow me. That's what we're doing. It's not surprising at all. And one thing about CJ Stroud, I don't know if you guys have caught it. If not, make sure you go check it out on YouTube or type it in on Twitter. CJ Stroud's Madden reaction. He cares. <laughs> Like he has that fire there, and he he has a a bit of a I'm going to prove you wrong, or let me just say I'm going to prove me right type of attitudes. I like CJ to get the endorsement from the best player on your team. I, I think going into your rookie year, a guy that is going to protect you, a guy that is going to be a part of your success in this league, speaks volumes. And again, I think for Laramie Tunsil who is going on this tour. He's gotten paid like Beyonce. Um, <laughs> but it's good to hear him advocate for the young guy. And I think with Laramie Tunsil advocating for C.J. Stroud, he's actually advocating to the things that matters for this team, a guy that can step in and lead this team to the very next level, uh, what we like to call phase two under Nick Casario, get some wins. And it's going to be important that, you have stability from your quarterback position. Laramie Tunsil knows that. The rest of the team knows that C.J. Stroud will be this team's franchise quarterback. Yeah, and at the end of the day, man, I'm just happy for Laramie Tunsil. You know, I've literally watched his excitement over the last few years go from promising to just at times he was just out there so he won't get five, plain and simple, um, especially more so last year. I remember at the start of last year when he was at the podium, we was asking him about Pep Hamilton, um, Lovey Smith, the improvements of Davis Mills and, 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 you know, playing behind, playing in front of rookie running back 
Damian Pierce. And I just remember, you remember that every every time we asked him something, he was just dog, 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 dog. That version of Laramie Tunsil quickly went out the door. <laughs> but what I would say, man, I'm just happy for Laramie Tunsil because you're looking at one of the very few guys who knew what this team could have could have accomplished with the last regime, went through the dark days, and I mean the dark days possibly that will forever be in franchise history over the last three years. And now to finally see this team not only get back to some type of respectability, but just getting back to promise, knowing that when he steps on that field, in 2023 and 2024 and 2025, he's going to be playing meaningful football, which also brings me to my next point since we're talking about Larry Tonsil and John. Maybe we could save this for our preview of the offensive line. Will we finally see an all pro caliber year from Tonsil? I think I'm going to say yes because. More eyes nationally will be on the Texans. And with those national eyes on Houston, a lot of those voters, mm -hmm. right? A lot of those guys that make those decisions happen. And they'll be able to see how good Larry Tunsil is as a, as a tackle, man. And I think that when you look at getting D'Amico, when you look at drafting Anderson, Stroud, and building this team and – also looking at sophomore cornerback Derek Stingley, like the names Houston mm -hmm. has now nationally, guys are going to want to notice and see, is this team still stuck in phase one under the leadership of general manager Nick Casario? And that's a storyline that they may look and say, he's not the right guy for this job, so he needs to be gone. Or are they – Moving on to phase two. Are they in phase two? Are they winning some of these one-score games? Are they winning some of these closer games? And if so, how are they doing it? Is it the run with Damian Pierce? If so, what did the offensive line do to open up the holes? Is it the passing ability of rookie quarterback C.J. Stroud? If so, what did the offensive line do to give him time to make some of these throws? So it's, it's going to – that success – Larry Tunsil, one of the highest play, play, players in the league, whatever success – Houston has, you're going to come back and say, what did he do to help him out on that? And uh, I also look at if Kenyon Green goes from what he was last year to a better year, if he gets that opportunity, there's no doubt in my mind people are going to skip over how Laramie Tunsil affected that. So absolutely, I think this is a, a possible year where we're going to say all pro next to his name. <laughs> Thank you guys for checking out. Thursday episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, like, and comment to the Locked On Texan Podcast on YouTube and wherever you listen to your podcast. Follow me on Twitter at John underscore Hickman12 and follow the Locked On Texan Twitter page at Locked On Texans. And as always, I'm your host, Cody M. Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.